From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Germ Warfare is Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Germ Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. And as always, thank you for all the emails. Um, I particularly appreciate knowing where in the world you are listening from watching from because we have a 24-hour video feed now on i think x rumble um youtube just check out where all the links are on tnt's website jump into the live chat and say hi uh it is really hot here in cape town at the bottom tip of the african continent Uh, it's been about 36 degrees celsius today and it has been around about that temperature for the last few days. It is scorching. Um, I apologize if I start sweating during the course of the show. If you are watching, uh, you will you will uh, see me in becoming increasingly more wet. But that's because I have lights shining on me, and my, because we have ro- rolling blackouts constant. In fact, I think right now we have rolling blackouts. I have backup power, but because of the rolling blackouts that we have daily. It makes it very difficult to to run air conditioners so i have a a couple fans running here um, but that's the best i can do anyway let's uh let's jump let's jump into the show my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas the latest headlines waiting for you i follow the news pretty much throughout the day today's news talk radio tnt Lots of requests to have you on my show, Laura Abberley. Thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thank you, Jeremy. My pleasure. Anytime. Uh, I mean, there's so much we could we could chat about it. And I think the first thing that I want to ask you is your connection to South Africa. <laughs> well, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that was cheating. <laughs> um, well, my connection to South Africa is the fact that I was married to a South African man for many years, almost almost 20 years. So the father of my kids is South African. So you could say my kids are half South African. So I'm very well acquainted with the country and the people. I think it's the most beautiful, beautiful, stunning country and really great people down to earth, friendly, happy-go-lucky Love it. Well, because I'm South African, I'm going to ask you just one or two more questions about <laughs> South Africa. Uh, you, so you've obviously been here. Uh, where, where all did you go? Um, my first trip was Joburg. Um, that's oh, when, I'm sorry to hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I was only there once, I have to say, because then my parents-in-law moved to Cape Town. And that's where we tended to go to visit. And in fact, mm. we used to have offices when we first started our business. We also had offices in South Africa and Cape Town. And so, yeah, I've been to Cape Town many times, to some of the game farms and the wine region. And yeah, beautiful. I, I encourage everyone to visit South Africa. It's really special. That is one of the things that we really have going for us. We have very few things going for us. But one of them is our wine, and the, particularly the wine farms, uh, and um, and and the game, the game farms. Yeah, it's it's a really special experience. I've enjoyed it tremendously, and uh, 
you know, for those that perhaps are not as adventurous to go to other countries with with the risk of malaria and things like that, South Africa mm. is safe that way. And you can really get to see the big five, you know, the big five animals and some of the game reserves. It's really stunning. I, I, I really have a wonderful memory of, of my trips to the South Africa. I hope you come back. I hope you're coming back. My wife and I are going to, uh, we, we are going to the Kruger National Park uh, a little bit later this year. Fantastic. The, the, the Kruger is so vast. You know, you guys talk mm. about it, it, the park. It's like the size of a mm. West of a European country. <laughs> yeah. So for us, it's like, whoa, that's massive, massive place. Beautiful. Yeah, it's the size of Israel, more or less. Uh, it's very, very big. And you can yeah. actually fly. You can actually fly into it. There's a, a, one of the camps has an, an airport. <laughs> That's how big it is. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. Well enjoyed. Laura, chat to me a little bit about your background. So I, I've been following your, your Telegram channel, which is particularly fun. But, but how, did, I mean, how did all of that start? Um, what I do now with regards to my channel and my speaking engagements is a, is a, is a recent, uh, let's say, I, I don't know whether to even call it career, but it's just something that I was really very much uh, pulled to do as a, as a duty as a human. When the pandemic started, I felt that there was a lot happening that was making me very angry and very frustrated. And so I really felt that something needed to be done. And I'm just the type of person that says, well, I'll try, I'll try to do my bit. You know, if we all had that attitude, I think the world would be a different place. But I understand not everybody has the, the capacity or the situation to be able to do something. And I just started writing. I started writing mm. on that channel. I chose Telegram because it was the one platform that was not censoring anybody. Uh, I knew that I would not have lasted a week in Instagram or Facebook or Twitter at the time. And so Telegram was this place where I felt free to really say the things that I wanted to say and to share the information that I felt was really important for people to be aware of at the time, which was, of course, a lot to do with the vaccines, a lot to do with the pandemic at the time. So that that only started for me in 2020. Prior to that, I've been an entrepreneur. Mm, uh, well, yeah, doing what? So in the year 2000, I co-founded a company called WorldCheck, which was the first global database of heightened risk individuals. So we were collecting information on people that you needed to be somewhat a little careful with in doing business. And there was a real need in the financial industry specifically to be able to identify some of these heightened risk individuals. So we had terrorists and money launderers and uh human traffickers and a whole array of not very lovely people <laughs> and and so we were the first ones that were really out in the market collecting this information and then legislation changed post 9-11 and more rules were brought to the financial system they they were demanded from the authorities that they should do more against money laundering and more to check where money was going, money was coming from. And and so we were there at the right place at the right time and the company grew very fast. And uh, that's that's kind of uh, my background. So, so it was a research uh, company, it was a data company. And so perhaps that's why when the world started to go really crazy at the beginning of the pandemic, I was able to um, really grasp 
what was happening and 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 put the dots together to form the picture of where we were heading towards, which was very troubling for me, very concerning because I could see it. What is that picture that you're talking about? <laughs> well, that picture is a very big picture and a very complex picture to paint, but Basically, COVID was really a test. It was a test to see how far they could go, how far they could push us. It was a test. It was a psyop. Um, it was an attack on humanity, really. And it was the kick off of a whole series of events that we are we have seen and that we are seeing that really form part of the same agenda. And this is what I believe is very important for people to understand is that a lot of the things that are happening now that very that seem very disconnected from one another actually are not. And they form part of the same agenda, which is basically to establish a global totalitarian technocracy where the the power of the world is in the hands of very few and the entire world is under them under this very um digitalized grid with with ai at its core that's in basically or in very short terms where we're headed towards yeah i have the same picture as you and i think a lot of a lot of people who you would label as awake have that same picture i'm just trying to figure out though laura and i've I've asked this question a number of times, and I'd love to know your answer. And that is, how is it that people like you and I were able to uh, draw a picture from those dots, but so many others just were not able to? It's a good question that I've asked myself many times. And because, and I think during the pandemic, it became very apparent, this disconnection between some and others. And, and you kept, and, and it wasn't really, it didn't have anything to do with class or race or religion or education even. And I thought about it a lot at the time. And the one conclusion that I arrived at was that those that perhaps are closer to their own instinct and their own intuition, that still listen to that inner voice, were the ones that were asking all the right questions and searching for the answers. And I, I really do believe that that is the one common denominator amongst all of us that call ourselves awake now, because we did that uh, process of researching and investigating and really asking questions and, and not just taking things at face value and not just obeying so because we were told to do this or that and the other. And I think it really boils down to that, to being in touch with your inner voice, your, your intuition, your instinct that's telling you this, you know, it doesn't smell good. And if it doesn't smell good, there's probably a reason why it doesn't. And maybe I should look into it rather than just accept and comply. Yeah, one of the other things that kind of upset me a little bit uh, is that a large number of people appeared to wake up, as it were, um, in, you know, in the last few years. And then almost as if by design, they brought in the new attacks on humanity like Ukraine and did you notice how everybody just went berserk with their, yeah. their their little emojis and their stickers and everything and it became this side or that side and uh, you know and then the whole world basically the western world uh decided to make Russia the enemy and then came this thing in Gaza and now suddenly if you say anything you are a horrible person you are an immoral a bad evil person and suddenly those people who you previously thought were awake Many of them have now fallen back into that pre-2020 trap. Have you noticed that? 
Yes, there has been some of that. I think what is important to recognize is that we really do live in a in a matrix of a of controlled perception. Mm. Uh, the powers that be, the small group of 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 people that really pull all the strings in this world, need to control our perception because that is the only way that they control our behavior and therefore control us. And so, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money has been dedicated for decades to really, you know, tweak all the nuts and bolts and everything that they can to really steer that perception to be mm -hmm. able to and guide us to wherever they need us to be. And so it, it's really difficult for most people to step outside of that. You really need to have gained enough of distance and enough perspective to understand that you are caught up in this matrix, but that you can't step out of it. And that's when you then really begin to see the manipulation. The manipulation happens from the moment that we are born. That's why it's so difficult. We don't go to school. We go into <laughs> indoctrination camps where we're told whatever they want us to know and not, not more than that, whatever they feel it's useful mm. for us to keep the, 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 the wheel going, as it were, right? So, you know, to, mm. to, to defend a lot of people that are still caught up in that, it is very tricky because it's coming at us from every angle. This control of our perception through media, through entertainment. And, and so they capture us and then they distract us. So when they want us to look here, they cause some event that just distracts everybody to look that way when really the danger is maybe coming from the other side. A lot mm -hmm. of people are becoming aware of these tactics, uh, the false flags, the, the problem reaction solution tactic that they've been using on us for decades. I think people are becoming aware, thank goodness. But it's taking time. And I mm, think one of the my, things about now is that so many things are happening in rapid succession that it's really mm. leading to ask themselves, whoa, you know, like, I can't take it. What's going on? It's too much. Because there's been an acceleration because we're getting there closer to that end game of it. How did you how did you then take a step back? Oh, my, you know, it takes time. My own process mm. of of awakening for lack of a better word started probably 10 years ago and i have to say that i had to kind of take it and drop it at times because a lot of the things that i was learning were so scary and so awful that i had to sort of almost censor my ship but uh, censor myself at times and say okay i'm gonna look i'm gonna go down this rabbit hole and it was like horrific so i had to take a break and then go down a different rabbit hole so the one advantage that we had and by we i mean those of us that maybe started this journey of awareness and awakening a long time ago is that we were able to take it slowly. We had breaks in between. Whereas those mm. that are beginning to open their eyes are really being hit, you know, from every angle. And it's really scary for these people. There is no time. It's like you you either wake up or you're just no, not going to wake up at all <laughs> until it's too late. And so it's really coming at us very rapidly. So those of us that were more aware are more prepared for it because we already stood back, like you said. I, I took a step behind this matrix. I can see it for where it is. You recognize the, 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 the whistles and the lights and the distractions and why they're doing this and who's pulling the strings. You, you begin to recognize it and so it doesn't affect you anymore because it's a gimmick. It really is a gimmick for everybody to sort of follow. Yeah. Um I was going to ask you a question now, but I think what I'll do is I'll I'll jump to a break and then we'll we'll carry on. So, Laura Abelie, uh, I'll be back with you momentarily. My name is Germ. This is TNT.
TNT's Misty Winston. She says, how is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago while ex exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done, and in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one. Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Listen, we gotta talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Laura, um, a lot of times uh, people start relooking at the way they understand the world, uh, generally through a big event of sorts. So for many people, 9-11 was uh, a, a, an awakening moment or perhaps Wall Street crash. I think it was 2008. Uh, for me, COVID 2020 was a big moment. Um, and I say COVID, but I say COVID in inverted commas. Uh, what was a big moment or event um, in your life that kind of led to uh, a re-establishing of how the world works? Well, in my case, actually, it wasn't something that happened in the world. It was something that happened in my own personal world. So it was a, it was a, it was a personal event that shook me so badly that it made me start asking those eternal questions of who am I, where am I, why am I here, what is the purpose of life, you know, all of these very transcendental philosophical questions that I believe are really important for everybody to ask themselves at some point in life. And that's how it started for me. In in trying to answer those questions, I then found other other questions that I wanted to answer, and one thing led to another. And suddenly, it wasn't just about me and my world, but the entire world and what makes the world function and who really is behind it and why is it that these these things happen and why is it that suddenly these trends are everywhere, you know? And and so that's how it started for me. But generally, like like for you, it really does start with something. Big happening out outside outside of you and in the world and in the form of global events but for me it was a personal thing that led me to it 
so what you're saying is that uh, uh, a lot of people should have these these big moments personally if not <laughs> if not if not a big international event but in other words that road to damascus is a good idea for just about everybody absolutely i mean really how can you go about life not asking yourself these mm. questions fundamental and they're actually yeah. fundamental in really getting to understand who we are and it's only when you do understand who you are and the greatness of you not just this physicality this organic physical presence but actually the greater souls that we are immortal souls that we are that's when you really start becoming empowered to face everything that we're facing now when i was talking about earlier about stepping out of the matrix this is part of that it's not just about understanding how the world functions mechanically and how the, the power structures work. It is also to do with how we function internally and who we truly are mm. and understanding our greater capacity, our capacity for creativity, our incredible capacity for love. You know, all of these things that make us the wonderful human beings that we are, are really essential for us to embrace and understand to be able to have the strength and the courage that we need to face what is coming. Because as much as we think it's kind of crazy at the moment, I think it's going to get worse, unfortunately. But I'm very optimistic because I, mm -hmm. I do believe in team human. And I think we'll we'll get there to the other side of this dark tunnel. Well, that's exactly where I was going now with my question. Um, I'm a, a big fan of, the, of what I call the white pill, uh, silver lining, uh, looking for hope, optimism, not hopium, not false hope, but, you know, taking that information that we have and doing something with it. And generally speaking, I don't, I don't know if, if you found the same, but the COVID era for me was in many ways a blessing in disguise. Um, I found a new reason to wake up in the morning uh, with, you know, lots more meaning in life. You know, the, the existential um, crises that, <laughs> that occurred led to a lot of good. Did you find the same? Absolutely. I think that in some ways it backfired on those that we're trying to get rid of from this world. It backfired because through through the lockdowns, which were awful, don't get me wrong, mm. I think just terrible. And that was one of the reasons I started becoming active was like, there's no way I'm going to allow anybody to tres trespass my freedom and my civil liberty. Uh, but it backfired in the sense that people suddenly for the first time in a very long time had a chance to do some introspective work. It led to a lot of uh, relationship breakups, unfortunately, and it led to a lot yeah. of heartbreak, but it also led to a lot of people understanding themselves and asking themselves these questions that we were just talking about, these more transcendental questions of where am I in my life and where am I going? And, you know, is this really what I want to be doing? And do I like that person in the mirror? Who have I become? Can I do better? Right? All of these things were suddenly uh, popping in people's psyche because suddenly they had the time. You have to understand that the way that the system has been programmed and engineered is for all of us to be living in survival mode, this constant running, spinning of the wheel, so that we never really have time to think, to, to analyze, to think critically about things, and to have those introspective journeys that actually are fundamental if we're going to be uh, the strong human beings that are going to make it through this 
this storm. So it, it really was a silver lining, COVID in some ways, and that was definitely one of them. The other was obviously that it led to a lot of awakenings. You know, the more you push people, the more people will, you know, question things. The others simply complied, which was the sad bit, is that mm. so many people just went with the flow and just obeyed and kept their heads low and just did as they were told, because that's how we are indoctrinated at school. When you look at education, that's what we're told. You've got to you've got to do as as you are told, and so you grow understanding that that's being the right citizen or the right person or the good guy, and people simply complied. Luckily, now in hindsight, I think a lot of those that simply complied are beginning to say, "How how on earth did they manage to get me to do that? What on earth happened that I?" was able to just follow those stupid norms and those stupid regulations, right? So so again, you know, I think the last three years, three, four years that have transpired after COVID have also led to a lot of increased awakening and a lot of those people that perhaps before were simply manipulated into doing what they were told, saying, I'm, I'm not going to do that again. That's I don't want to be that person, right? I don't want to be that person that just simply follows orders, even though deep inside, I knew it was wrong. There's a lot of that mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, so what you're saying is that uh, the last four years, four years, can you believe it? Four I years, know. Laura, four years. <laughs> yes, I know. It, it was just like the, it was just the other day. Absolutely. Four years, I can't yeah. get past that. But the, yeah. What I was going to say is that the last four years have, um, in many ways, filtered the uh, the men from the boys. Uh, we don't know what a woman is, so I'm going to say from uh, I'm going to say men from the boys. But it really has, hasn't it? I mean, new relationships have been created, new friendships. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. But I mean, I think everybody has the same story. We some some of us lost family members, so to speak. Some of us, and I don't mean dying. I mean just you know going separate ways because of different views. It was so polarizing um, and yeah. friendships have, have been have been broken, but also rekindled. Um, yeah. it, it really has created a new type of reality. Absolutely. I think that it has led, like you were saying, to a lot of uh, broken relationships, unfortunately. But, you know, it was necessary for for all of us to find ourselves. And when you do, you then really begin to understand perhaps the purpose that you are here in the first place. Right. And what is what is it that really makes you tick? And unfortunately, as you discover these things, you find that there are a lot of people in your life that are holding you back because most people resist change. And so as you begin to awaken, as you begin to understand who you are, the things that really give you purpose and meaning, there are those around you that resist that because they're used to the you that they know and they don't want a new you. Yeah. That kind of challenges their own status quo and they don't like that. So there's been a lot of friction that way. But I think it was a very necessary friction. I think it was something that's really forms part of this awakening and something that has allowed a lot of people to really flourish and come to themselves. And as they do, make really deep connections with people that they're crossing paths with, meaningful connections that have happened really fast, simply because when you are you without the indoctrination, without the layers of conditioning that maybe you've been putting upon yourself from birth, when you really discover who you are and you present yourself for who you are, those that can see that and recognize that are attracted to you immediately. And there's this very special bond between two people that are simply honest as to who they are 
mm. in front of one another. So there's there's definitely been a lot of that, which is which is wonderful. Funny enough, though, uh, I found the COVID era forcing me, me personally, to reconnect with myself. Um, I mean, just around the 2019, 2020 period, I was fairly unhealthy. I was on all sorts of prescription drugs for all sorts of different things. And one of those silver linings for me is is the massive change that I decided to make personally, because that's one thing they can't take from you is is your health, for example, and your mental well-being and your, your family relationship. If, if you've got strong bonds, I'm on no prescription drugs anymore. Uh, I, I'm back in the gym, I eat healthy, and that's all because they tried to make my life miserable. Indeed, but you know, I think one of the main uh, purposes of this awakening, or at least one of the main foundations of the awakening, is that we really have to take responsibility for ourselves. And what you've just described in your own life is really you taking responsibility for your health and your well-being, both physical and mental. And I think this is what a lot of people have realized. It's very, very curious that as people start researching perhaps something that's happened outside of their lives, an event that's happening in the world, and we're talking about COVID, people were beginning to question a lot of the things. You start questioning a lot of things about your own life, about your own habits, about the things that you're doing, about the things you should be doing. And that's when people start taking the reins control of the reins over their own lives. And this is basic. This is basic to get us to the place we need to be, to really destroy this agenda that they're slowly but surely building around us. And the good news, Jeremy, is, and I always say this, and this is not about fighting. This is not about destroying. The good news is that the only thing we need to do is take control of our own lives and stop complying. What we have to do is stop cooperating and stop contributing to building the walls of our own prison. That's it, right? Yeah. We don't have to engage in violence. We don't have to engage in destruction. We are wonderful creative beings. And in this instance, all we need to create is the best environment for ourselves, starting with our health, starting with the health of our families, starting with the education of our children, you know, taking control. Start, we need to stop delegating that. You know, if you look back, you know, decades back, you can really see how much we had delegated to, to, to schools, to governments, to doctors, to lawyers. No, 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 no. It's, it's your life. It's your body. It's up to you, really, to always find the information that they need to make the best choice that you can. Another way of looking at it, I just realized, is everything that the globalists, the oligarchs, the elites uh, tell us is pretty much a guide to what we actually should be doing. So for example, during COVID, they said stay indoors. Well, what that actually means is go outside into the sun. When they say uh, take pharmaceutical drugs uh, and vaccines, what that actually means is, you know, don't. <laughs> uh, you know, rather fix your, fix your health with diet. Uh, when they say uh, fear other people because they could make you ill, no, actually I'm going to embrace other people and 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 basically enjoy the communities and families around me absolutely we live i've said this many times but we live in a in an inversion of the world mm. this is like 
inverted version of what the world should be like, this matrix that I referred to, um, because that's how they have psychologically damaged us so badly, is by turning thing every, turning everything in its head. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, what is a woman? I mean, even, even to that degree <laughs> of lunacy, right? And whenever I have come across anybody that even begins to have that sort of conversation, what is a woman? Your mother is a woman. Are you going to are you going to argue about that? You know, nobody can argue with that. If somebody, oh, what is a woman? Your mom is a woman. Is that clear? Are we clear? Mm. <laughs> so, but but this goes to show how much they've tried to psychologically damage us because you need to debilitate the enemy before the final attack. And the last 50, 60 years have been just that, a slow but constant erosion at everything that gives people purpose, meaning, and strength, whether it's the nuclear family, whether it's a solid education, whether it's a spiritual grounding. Uh, you know, we've seen the streets flooded with drugs and alcoholism. We've seen deprivation. We've seen promiscuity. We've seen porn coming out of our ears. Everything that really destabilizes a human being. And they've done it from a younger and younger and younger age to the point that we're now seeing the hypersexualization of kids. This is all to get us to such a weak, right? A weak psychological position that when they come very soon now with this whole push of AI, transhumanism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, people don't even know whether they're Arthur or Martha. So, you know, if you don't know whether you are identified with a man or a woman, well, they come to you saying, well, do you want to be a cyborg? And they might say, yeah, why not? Right? I've lost everything. I don't know who I am. And this is going back to what I was saying earlier, how important it is for us to ask these fundamental mm. questions. Who are we? Why are we here? Where do we come from? The minute you start answering those questions, you become quite invincible. Really, you do. And then, and then just, the colonists are going to have a really tough time. Sorry for interrupting you. I was just going to correct you. You said when we, we don't know whether or not we are Arthur or Martha, but... I'm sure you will agree, Laura, that uh, today it's Arthur or Arthur, since we don't know who Martha is. <laughs> we don't know who Arthur or Arthur is. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a, there's a <laughs> comment here. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that is a good one, Jeremy. That is a really good one. That's exactly. My point, that's how far deep down this messed up road they've taken us, where people are even beginning to question the most fundamental notion of human identity, which is our gender. And when I see what they're mm -hmm. doing to younger generations and to kids, it makes my blood boil. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. it does. No way in hell I was just going to sit home and watch this circus while they were doing this to kids. I'm a mother of three. You know, I don't know how much I can do, but whatever it is that I can do, if I can just affect one person, if I can just influence another, if I can just spread the right information that might lead others to make better choices for themselves, well, then it's worth my time. And I think mm. I'm not the only one. I think there's a lot of us that have felt this 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 need to do something right because we can see what is coming and we can see that unless we all jump in and really start doing something together you know we really mm -hmm. don't want to be pushed all the way to the slaughterhouse that's just not going to happen there's a comment here before we go to the break uh from Catherine who's listening and she says i'm going to have to earmark this episode and 
play it in the future when I'm feeling down about things because this is the stuff of life and living fully. Thank you, Laura. And I think that's the point, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not, there's no point in being overly pessimistic and, and, and uh, cynical about, about all these things. No, not at all. This is what I, my, my message is always the same. And, and there's only two enemies. We have two enemies. We talk about the globalists and the elites and all these people that have so much power. They don't. They have only as much mm. power as we give them. Exactly. This yes, is what is exactly. basic for people to understand. The only two enemies we have are ignorance and lack of courage. Ignorance and fear. This is why they feed fear 24-7 through every mm -hmm. avenue possible to get us to panic, to get us to contract, to get us to, oh, my God, where is the hero that's going to save me? Because I can't handle all of this, right? But, yeah. but those are the two enemies we have. Once you step out of that fear paradigm, once you know and understand how powerful we truly are, that we are these wonderful immortal souls just having this physical experience. And yes, it happens to be a little weird at the moment right now, right? <laughs> you know, we can all agree on that, but we can mm. do something about it because without our, without our cooperation, they cannot carry out any of their plans. This is what is vital for people to understand. Mm. That's why it's so important for us, Jeremy, you, me, and everybody that's in this, to spread this this knowledge, this this sense, this this understanding that all we need to do is to stop cooperating. Let's stop building the walls of our own imprisonment. How dumb is that, right? Mm. <laughs> Laura Abelie, I'll be back with you momentarily. My name is Jeremy. This is TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Without even realizing it, we learned a lot from Saturday morning cartoons. From Johnny Quest, we learned to trust your friends and always remain courageous in the face of danger. From Scooby-Doo, we learned to always pull the mask off the bad guy. You might just be surprised who he or she really is. And the Roadrunner cartoons? Well, the Roadrunner cartoons told us everything we need to know about the current Republican primary. Donald Trump is clearly the roadrunner, beep-beeping his way into the lead, off into the distance. But who is Wiley E. Coyote? I submit that it's Tricky Nicky. And the question that arose in my whippersnapper mind was always, who's buying all this stuff from Acme for the Coyote? He doesn't have any money. Likewise, who's paying for Nicky's campaign? We know Reed Hoffman is spreading around his LinkedIn monopoly money, but who else might be funding this quixotic campaign to destroy Donald Trump? The answer to that question will tell us everything we need to know, not just about Tricky Nicky, but about GOPE itself. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, protecting, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you, the Nonprofit Alliance. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Sorry, Laura, to do this to you, but uh, during the break, we were just chatting. There was some banter in the live chat as well as in the studio that you look a little bit like J-Lo. 
and uh, I, I hope that's a compliment. <laughs> I will. I will take it as a compliment. Uh, I will take it as a compliment. I think people mean it in a nice way. She she is a beautiful actress, and so I'll take it as a compliment. Thank you. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Um, I'll just I'll just tell Alex Alex and Joel don't be fooled by the rocks that she's got she's just Laura from the block. <laughs> okay, Jeremy, you didn't warn me that you make your guests laugh so much, and I'm getting all flustered here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to just go back to something you were saying. Um, I was, I was again just chatting to you about this in the break, but something that is so important to me uh, is, is never to give up hope. That is, for me, what I found so sad over the last four years is how depressed people, so many people that I know uh, got. Um, this is a bad place to be. You, you'd absolutely want to be in a better place. You, you don't want to see the world as just dark. No, you don't. And there are many reasons for the very high level of depression within society at the moment. And I have to say, going back to something that you mentioned earlier to do with your health and, and how you were taking drugs before, you know, medication, and, and now you're leading a healthier life. I think people need to become very aware that taking prescription medication can lead to a lot of depression because it messes up your gut. It messes up your liver and that will make you depressed. So if you're feeling really down, why don't you just have a look at what it is that you're doing with your own life? Try to try to get to better habits, healthier habits. And then we can look at a psychological level because sometimes it might just be a chemical imbalance of things that you're taking, right? But of course, there are a lot of very troubling things happening at the moment. They truly are. Some are quite scary and and perhaps in another episode we we can go into some of those things but i mm. think for me and i wrote something on my channel the other day funnily enough to do with hope and i i said someone said to me you know they don't like hope and i said what do you mean you don't like hope hope it's a beautiful thing we always have to have hope right it's the last thing you lose and he said no i prefer conviction and i said oh okay well i kind of like that i guess he said no i don't i don't hope that something's going to happen i just know that it will and I thought, okay, now that's the right attitude. That's the attitude we need right now. Humanity needs to know that we are going to be okay because we are so many, because we are wonderful beings, because mm. we speak the language of love. And as, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but as quirky as that may sound, love is the greatest energy that we have on this planet. This is why they tried to destroy that frequency of love through fear, constant violence, constant fear, because it brings us down. That's why people are depressed. You know, you look at all these things that are happening. It's impossible not to be depressed. But that's when you need to step a little away from it and see it from a little bit of a distance. That doesn't mean that we don't empathize with those that are suffering. Of course we do. And that's why, you know, people like myself are out there speaking every day, day in, day out, because I empathize with those that are suffering. But I am convinced that we can do something about it. And I am convinced that we'll get to that light at the other end of this tunnel. So to those that are feeling a little down, firstly, look at what it is that you're doing in your life. Because if you're just eating fast food and, and taking prescription drugs, let me tell you, you, you probably need to do a lot of changes in your own mm. lifestyle. 
other than that, if you're just depressed about the things that you're seeing, empower yourself with with knowledge, with understanding, with research. Get together with other people that know what's going on, that I, that are maybe a little bit further down the line in this journey, and so that they're already stepping out of this matrix so that it doesn't entrap them. You can watch it, but don't let it drag you down because that's the purpose. The purpose of a lot of it is to drag you down with it. Watch it, identify it, tell people about it, make better choices, but don't go down with it. Just don't go down with it. We are better than that. There's a type of stoic messaging coming from what you're saying, though. In, so one of the things that Marcus Aurelius um, used, to, used to write about is, you know, when there's, when there's a, a, an obstacle in the way, see it as an opportunity, uh, not as a not as a, in other words, a challenge, not as a stumbling block. And I mean, that's, that's a pretty powerful way to look at, uh, at taking responsibility because it's easy to fall into the trap of victimhood. Ah, oh, they, they just are too good. They're always ahead of me. No, they're not. They're not ahead of you. They, they, they want to be, and they can create all these frameworks and they will implement digital ID and all these sorts of things. But if you, if you have, if you have confidence within yourself and you wake up with meaning and purpose, they, they, can't they can't defeat you. Exactly, exactly, Jeremy. And you've spoken about victimhood and it's it's something that they've been used, using against us for, for a long time, for decades, in fact. And this is why they are, well, one, one of the things is that when you divide, you conquer. So you mm. have seen spoken about this whole gender thing just brushed on it slightly but but they've been dividing us by gender by race by color by political status by religion because the more fragmented we are the less power we become obviously yeah. and then they created this woke stupidity where everybody gets offended by everything so that everybody is always in permanent conflict and feeling like a victim I only yeah. feel offended by by whatever something someone might say to me if I give them the power to do that. It's a choice. Being offended is a choice. You can call me whatever, Jeremy. I will never be offended. Why? Because I'm never going to give you the power to do that to me. I'm just not going yeah. to. And so that that whole division, all that conflict, and 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 more importantly, that victimhood ends. We need to step out of the victimhood. They want us there because as a victim, you have no power. As a victim, you've already declared, I've been defeated, right? Let's make the most of everything that we are and let's empower ourselves to be our better version so that we can together get out of this. And we can, like I said, we just need to stop cooperating. When you mentioned uh, the lights at the end of the tunnel earlier, I suspect you are not talking about a train coming towards you. <laughs> no, although it seems like that at times right now. No, I mean, I think that we have seen already uh, a lot of events, wars and pandemics and, and the threat of more pandemics. Have you noticed how now it's not if if there is a, a pandemic or in case, no, there's going to be one. Why? Because they have planned it, because they're going to release it like they did the first time around, right? It's becoming quite apparent that a lot of these things are happening for a reason, even the wars and all of it, right? So so most people are fearing like, oh my God, something really is happening. And it feels like that pot that's coming to the boil. Now, the good thing is that as we get closer to 
whatever end game this is going to result in. And I, I have a lot of positive feelings about how this might happen in the future. I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I have complete and utter faith that we'll get there. Um, as we get closer to that, it becomes more and more apparent to people. The whole planning, the whole, the, the events, you know, we have been guided towards this point probably for centuries, actually. But if we just go back to five or six decades ago, you know, we wouldn't have been able to see that we were being brought to the slaughterhouse, right? Because it was thousands of kilometers away. And so things were happening and we couldn't and would have never been able to identify those things happening to, to steer us down a very specific road to our own demise, which I see as transhumanism and posthumanism is the road to our own demise as a species. You know, way back, we couldn't see we were being dragged there. But as we get closer to that point, people can then begin to see, oh, well, hold on a minute, where are we going, right? And so there's that acceleration of awakening in people because they're running out of time. They really are running out of time. There comes a point where you're just going to show all your cards. They're going to show all your cards. We're seeing them. And in fact, they're being quite vocal about it. I was horrified the other day listening to Yuval Noah Harari saying that human rights are fiction, just like yeah. God. And he I just says that. Like, you know what? I was like, what did this guy just say? That human rights are fiction. And why are they beginning to say this? I'll tell you why they're beginning to say this. They're beginning to brainwash people to say human rights don't exist. We don't know whether we're men or women. Suddenly we're this androgynous being. Why? Because they are pushing us towards transhumanism. And once you begin to take enough technology under the skin, once you begin to alter your genetic makeup enough, you have no rights. You are patentable. You belong to those that have made you a genetically modified organism. This is why they're already starting to talk about human rights being fiction. What on earth mm -hmm. is this man talking about, right? But of course, to him, we're hackable animals. You know, that just explains the whole agenda. They are having to become very vocal because we're getting to that end game. Yeah, I saw that, that talk from him and I, I wonder... I wonder why he he is saying that. Okay, let me let me rephrase my question. Do you think he's just saying that because it's part of a script, or do you think he genuinely believes it? Well, sometimes sometimes you wonder. These people are so delusional mm. that you mm. don't know whether they're just completely delusion in in their megalomaniac plans, or they actually know exactly that what they're saying for a purpose. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. But I do believe they feel we are nothing. To them, we are nothing. Might as well be cockroaches that they can just stamp on. I mean, really, human life to them means nothing. If they call yeah. you a hackable animal, for Christ's sakes, then clearly they don't have any consideration for humanity, none whatsoever. And you, you look at them yeah. and you say, human too well i think you are <laughs> a soul I mean, have you looked at human being have you actually looked at him he looks like a lizard oh i don't know what he looks like but i, I can't stand the man and at the same time i have to be almost grateful because he's being so vocal about these things it's like well you know i'm not inventing any of the things that i'm saying they are 
The World Economic Forum is saying these things. You know, we're mm. not going to be able to eat meat. You're going to be able to eat, you know, you're going to eat bugs. You're not going to own anything. You're a hackable animal. Human rights are fiction. You know, you're going to live in 15-minute cities. I mean, they couldn't be more blatant about their agenda. How can anybody call you anymore a conspiracy theorist? It's a conspiracy yeah. fact, if anything, right? I, so I, doing I, will say, <laughs> I will say this, Laura. You've been to, uh, to, to my my part of the pond and i can tell you right now those 15 minute cities are not coming anytime soon there's no they're not going to get that right on the african continent <laughs> i'm glad to know that i'm glad to know that but you know south africans are, are are strong strong people because you're still very connected to the earth you're very yep. connected to the land and nature this is why it's so important this is this is actually the reason why they want us in mega cities because the more yes. You are from the land the more detached you are from from nature and from animals the more detached you are from what it, it is to be a human being you know this is why they're moving farmers out of their land it's 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 a it's a really nefarious agenda that is actually just incredibly anti-human that's what it is i i want to i want to say though that i also am very appreciative i'm very grateful that the world economic forum and um all all of these um technocrats are telling us these things because it yeah. gives me an opportunity to to uh to to buffer against it absolutely I, I i am the same you know like i i very often say listen this is let me quote directly i'm not inventing any of the things that i'm saying right these these things are coming out straight from their mouths uh, Klaus Schwab last year, I believe it was in Davos, stood in front of the, the full auditorium and said, the future of the world is decided, you know, between the people in this room. <laughs> well, he couldn't have been more blatant as to how they perceive themselves, you know, the masters of the world, right? This fascist technocracy that they're trying to build around us. And luckily, like you're saying, they're becoming more and more blatant in their words and their, and, the, and their actions. And this is what is leading to this very accelerated awakening in the population, which is fantastic. That's exactly what we need. I wish I could uh, uh, chat to you for longer. So I'm going to invite you back. Uh, but you can see time is running against us. Let's just quickly promo. Uh, how can I follow you? Oh, I'm active on Telegram, so that's Lauda Aboli channel. I'm also active on Instagram, it's Lauda Aboli official, and on X, which is Lauda Aboli underscore X. So they can find me there. I'm not active any any other platform at the moment. So beware of scammers on Facebook and TikTok. It's not me. Uh, so I'm Telegram, X, and Instagram for the moment. So they can find me there um, anytime. And through my website, if they want to send me a message, it's lauraavoli.com. Just very quickly, what do you make of Elon? Oh, wow. That's a tricky one, isn't it? He's I'll give you 20 these, seconds. <laughs> he's one of these characters that sometimes says the wrong thing, but does the wrong, you know, he says the right thing and does the wrong thing or does the right thing and says the wrong thing. Very ambiguous, very like, I'm on the fence. I have to say I'm on the fence on him. Yeah, he's an enigma. He's weird. I can't, I can't enigma. quite, I can't work him out. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you for joining me in the trenches, JLo. I mean, Laura Abberley. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jeremy. You are wonderful and funny anytime. 
It's a great pleasure having you on. I absolutely will invite you back. Uh, there's so much to unpack. And I, I just want to say again, Laura, I love your message of, um, of optimism and hope. Um, and, and what I love about it is that it's not, it's not ignorance. It's not being switched off and being blissful. You know, it's actually seeing and knowing what's going on and then doing something about it. And that for me is, that for me is the winning, that's the winning message right there. It's actually doing something positive with that information. So God bless you. Thank you. And I'll chat to you soon. Um, thank you, Jim. Do send me an email, jimwarfare at tntradio.live. Uh, feedback as always is welcome, but I particularly enjoy know, knowing where in the world you are mailing me from. Uh, I don't have too much else to say other than on behalf of Joel and Alex and myself, my name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Thank you.